Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 30th of June, 2023. About to wrap up the month, and we're about to wrap up the month with the Flyers 2023 draft selections. How about 10 players drafted in total, and obviously the marquee name. Flyers selected seventh overall, Matvey Michkov. Seventh overall selection. He fell to them. They did not have to move up, and he is a dynamic talent. Not sure when he'll be here. Does have three years remaining on his Ska St. Petersburg contract, which isn't to say he has he will fulfill all three of those years, but uh, he is a super dynamic player. And had Mishkov been born or lived in pretty much anywhere in the world other than Russia, he probably would have been the second overall pick in this draft. But because of the situation in Russia with the war with Ukraine, the limited ability for some teams to be able to see some of the players from the KHL, be able to interview some of the players from the KHL, and so forth, it did cause his NHL draft stock to drop. Now, the Flyers do have a scout that handles the KHL, Ken Hudikoff. If you saw some of the videos of Michkov talking to the media, he doesn't speak English yet. He had one guy translating the question to him from the media member to Michkov, and then Michkov would answer in Russian, and then that answer would be given back to the media. And the guy uh, with the bald head, shaved head, Ken Hudikoff, that was the guy that was delivering the answers back to the media. He is the Flyer scout. And we come to find out in hindsight as well that not only did the Flyers meet with him in Nashville, but they also pulled up a curtain and managed to bring him to the practice facility, the Flyers Training Center in Voorhees. He got the tour of the facilities, got to see some of the guys working out in the weight room, got to meet with a lot of people there, his family, his brother, were with them, his agents, and really there was a lot of due diligence done here on Matvey Michkov, that they were comfortable taking the risk. And it's always a risk when you draft a Russian player. When are they going to come over? because a lot of them are signed into contracts with the KHL. We see a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, who Chuck Fletcher drafted in Minnesota in the fifth round. It took him five years to come over. Now, he's a fifth-round pick, and Michkov, I imagine, is going to be here much earlier than five years. So there, there is that element of risk. But this team has been searching for, quote-unquote, high-end talent, and Michkov fits the bill in spades of high-end talent. You know, one of the narratives, Bill and I talked about this on our draft show, on the live stream we did, was that the Flyers needed to tank to get high-end talent. Well, they didn't tank last year. They're not going to tank, but they managed to land high-end talent because of this confluence of different events that took place in the world and with Russia and everything else, and they end up at seven taking Matvey Michkov. I cannot wait to see this kid play. He is beyond excited to be a flyer. He is, from all recollection and what people are saying, is he is an incredibly driven player to be the best he can be and be the best in the game. So he, he could end up being, let, let's just take Bedard out of the equation, or we'll keep Bedard in the equation. He could end up being the second most talented player taken in this draft. We'll see what Bedard does, but... That's the level of player you're talking about. Berdard was 1A. Some people look at Mishkov and his skill set as a 1B 
to Connor Bedard. We're going to hear from Danny Briere and Brent Flair later in this episode, their post-draft media availabilities, and they'll be able to talk about the process with Mishkov a little bit more. Uh, but I think it's fascinating that they were able to bring him to Voorhees, Cherry Hill, whatever, and get him there with nobody knowing and go through this process with him. I think that's a fascinating story. There's a, you know, 30 for 30 on ESPN on this coming up at some point. So Mishkov, the number one pick, Flyers with their second first round pick. Uh, the 22nd overall, they end up taking Oliver Bonk from the London Knights. Bonk's 18 years old, was born on the 9th of January 2005. 10 goals, 30 assists for 40 points in 67 games with the London Knights of the OHL. He's a six foot two, 180 pound native of Ottawa. He ranked fifth on their team in assists and eighth in points. He's a right shot defenseman, so they replenished that side a little bit where they need to do some replenishing. His father, Radic Bunk, played the NHL with Ottawa, Montreal, and Nashville, so good bloodline there. Uh, he's a guy that they think that he's really just scratching the surface. So Oliver Bunk is the Flyers' second pick in the first round, 22nd overall. A lot of Flyer fans wanted the Flyers to t- draft uh, Gabe Perot with that pick. He ended up going a pick later to the New York Rangers, but the Flyers get Oliver Bonk with the 22nd pick. Day two, next rounds of the draft, the Flyers move into the second round. They made a trade with the Chicago Blackhawks, got the 51st overall pick, and they selected goaltender Carson Bjornsson with that pick. He's a six foot, 386 pound uh, native of Brandon, Manitoba. He had a record of 21-19-5 uh, with a 3.08 goals against average and a 900 save percentage and three shutouts in 27 games for Brandon. Brandon wasn't very good. He's a left-catching goaltender, and he earned the top Manitoba-born player award and the three stars award. So he's a high-end goalie prospect, still pretty raw. Don't know a ton about him yet, but we'll get some intel. And we're going to be talking to a lot of these guys coming up over the next couple of weeks development camp next week we're going to get to some of these players that were drafted other players in the development system that we're going to be doing interviews with and having conversations with and i'm hoping that carson is one of those guys flyers next pick comes and they select yet another goaltender this time it is the russian goaltender igor zavrzin uh, from mamonti ugri in the third round 87th overall and he becomes just the second Russian goaltender drafted by the Flyers in franchise history. The other one, Ivan Fedotov. He was in the 2005 or 2015 NHL draft. He had an 11-6-1 record with a 2-4-9 goals against average and a 9-20 save percentage and one shutout in 21 games this past year in the MHL. And again, you'll hear Brent Flair and Danny Breer talk about these two. They felt like they couldn't pass up on these two because of where they had them rated. And you can't ever have enough goaltending in your system. I think sometimes we look at it and we say, well, you have Carter Hart. You have Sam Erson. Why are you drafting goaltenders? Well, you always got to be replenishing that. And the goaltender draft is a long play. Because generally speaking, most goaltenders don't get to the league NHL level as quickly as Carter Hart did. And if you have goaltenders and good goaltenders in your system, it allows you a lot of flexibility, and teams are always looking for good goaltenders. And while the Flyers have been heavily criticized over the past couple of years with development, one area where they've done well with development is goaltenders. So they get the two goaltenders as their first two picks on day two. Then the Flyers selected center 
Denver Barkey in the third round, the 95th overall selection, 5'9", 155-pounder from Newmarket, Ontario. Spent the 22-23 season with London in the OHL. The the Hunters program once again, 59 points, 22 goals, 37 assists in 61 games. Uh, Then the Flyers selected a familiar name, Cole Knubel, in the fourth round, 103rd overall. He is the son of Mike Knubel. 5'11", 180-pound native of Grand Rapids, Michigan. 30 goals, 36 assists for 66 points in 57 games with the Fargo Force in the USHL. He's a right-shot center, led his team in goals and points in the inner spot on the USHL first all-star team. And he also received the Kurt Hammer Award as the USHL's Gentleman of the Year. And on the international stage, he netted four goals in four games for Team USA at the Holinka Gretzky Cup. So he's committed to go to the University of Notre Dame. And we saw his dad here in Philadelphia. His dad played 1,068 games, including 338 for the Flyers. He's the USHL Player of the Year. Then the Flyers, with the another fourth-round selection, 120th overall, select Alex Chernick. He's a 5'10", 179-pound native of Wolfsburg, Germany. We're starting to see more Germans come into the league. This is the Dreisaitl effect. Three goals, nine assists for 12 points in 25 games uh, this past year. Uh, he's a left-shot winger, also produced nine goals, 12 assists, 21 points uh, in the under-20s. So he, another player, a lot of people really high on this pick. I'm not going to pretend like I know a ton about Alex Chernick. I didn't get to watch a lot of games coming out of Germany, but uh, that is their selection there. Then the next pick in the fifth round, 135th overall, Carter Southern. Uh, Flyers to select the 6'3", 197-pound uh, native of Sanford, Manitoba. Four goals, 19 assists, 23 points in 68 games with the Portland Winterhawks of the WHL. He's an 18-year-old right-shot defenseman. So again, restocking on that right side. Next pick, 172nd overall. In the sixth round, the Flyers took Ryan McPherson. He's a six-foot, 176 native of Windsor, Ontario. 25 goals, 36 assists, 61 points in 49 games for the Leamington Flyers of the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. And the left-shot center led his team in assists and ranked second in goals and points, trailing only his twin brother. I'm not sure if his brother ever ended up getting uh, picked up in the draft or not. We'll see. Uh, Next pick, the Flyers' final pick, 199th overall, they selected defenseman Mateo Mann, and he is a big boy. 6'6", 222-pound defenseman from Sackville, New Brunswick. He had uh, five assists and 52 penalty minutes in 45 games uh, this past season in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Another right-shot defenseman, uh, real big guy, violent player, huge, big already. And uh, he had a, he's going to have a, probably a little bit of a longer path because of where he's drafted and also big defensemen tend to take a little bit more time. So 10 picks in total, headlined by Matvey Mishkov. I don't give out grades for drafts because it's unfair to. I don't know these players as well as the people that do that for a living, so I can't grade it. I think it's unfair to grade it. You can grade maybe the first first round because those are players that maybe we know a little bit more. You really can grade a draft about five years later. But when you land Mishkov, a high-end talent piece, provided he comes over and everything in that area goes well, you're looking at getting something that you really needed, that high-end talent, a player that will get your butt out of the seat. That's what Mishkov can do. He is a playmaker. He is a goal scorer. He is an an offensive dynamo.
dynamo. A very, very good player. And a very dynamic player. A player that, you know, Flyers get criticized for drafting two-way players too much. Matt Vemichkov is a guy that is offense on steroids. That's what the that's the mark, name on the marquee of the 2023 NHL draft for the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's get to the general manager. Danny Breer had a chance to address the media on all the picks after the draft was all said and done yesterday, and here's what the GM had to say. No, it wasn't the plan. Um, kind of just, just happened that way. But at the same time, uh, I remember my, my first uh, go-round in the uh, in a locker room, you walk in, and I was obviously overwhelmed, and it's it, it's not easy to navigate when you see some of the veterans that are in place. So maybe with some of these players, it's going to be a little easier since they've been there. They might be a little little bit more comfortable early on. Anyway, I'm I'm hoping so, but it had nothing to do with it. Danny, we're talking about the first two picks made today. You guys trade up to get into the second round, and then you take another goalie in the third. Obviously, with the rumors around, you know, you guys selling guys, hearts in the room, like anything to do with that whatsoever? No, not at all. Um, you know, we we said we want to keep building. Um, it's, it's kind of fun to see the Flyers having, you know, good prospects uh, coming in the system, uh, building that way. Um, we were afraid that we wouldn't be able to get a, uh, one of the goaltenders we had on our list, high on our list. Um, that's why we moved up. For the first one, and then all of a sudden, someone we had uh, right up there uh, with Bjarnason uh, was still there available. So we felt the upside was just too much to pass up. Uh, you never know what can happen, and you never, never have too many goalies. We've seen that a couple years ago with, with the Flyers. So, um, no, so many things can happen. Uh, different trades. If if all these guys start start hitting, um, you know what we'd like to see from them. Uh, it, it's going to be a nice thing to have, but. Goalies take a long time anyway. Um, you know, I, I see it as they don't hit their really their peak until they're, you know, 27, 28, 29. Sometimes uh, Carter Hart was a, a little different, but uh, not every goalie is ready and you know at the top of their game at 21 and 22. So uh, it's for the long haul. We just felt that those guys had too much upside. Hey Danny, was there a specific drop philosophy when the staff was striving to throw this draft in terms of the picks? Well. Yes and no. I mean, you know, you got to adjust on the fly. Uh, but one of the things we wanted to do was to, to take um, take swings, um, guys that have you know uh, high upsides. Um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it, it doesn't work. But the amount of picks that we had, I think it was it was good to try. And you know, sometimes on smaller forwards like we did today, on goaltending, on big defensemen. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully some of them turn out and. That would be tremendous. Kind of following up on that, you mentioned about the uh, undersized forwards. Is that something that, you know, obviously every team wants skill, but you were an undersized forward. Are you more willing to take chances on those guys, knowing that, you know, what you were able to overcome to become a successful player? Yeah, well, we, we've talked about how in the organization we wanted more uh, pure skill, uh, more talent to make plays and score goals. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit of that in, in there. Uh, I think it was time to kind of reload in, in that department. Now, if, if some of those guys hit, they could, it could be great. Um, but uh, you just never know. It's, it's tough to, to project, but we're going give, to give them all opportunities to, uh, to, to get to be the best they can be. You know, if, if they turn out to be what we kind of see, it could be pretty special. But 
Uh, only time will tell. You guys didn't have a second round pick, obviously. You guys had three next year with uh, Ryan's coming in. Did you kind of see that as a strike that you guys could use one of those to get into the second round this year? Yeah, we, but you never know. We, we didn't know if anybody would be uh, willing to trade. Um, now I was able to talk to Chicago with a few days ago and told them that we'd be interested so we reconnected this morning and, and he said because they still had all four of their second rounders that they'd be interested in possibly moving one um, you know, so we, we jumped on the opportunity like I said uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, the, the stable of goalies stay strong and um, we, we didn't know if you know the, the guys that we had at the top would, would still be there early on um, Gajan went went and then we were worried that it would start going away we didn't have another pick till late in the third so that's why we moved in and then uh, Zagreven was still available there late in the third we had really high on our list too so we could pass it up. Going back to the big swings um, in terms of goalies you guys have seen a lot of progress in your goalie development this year I know Samuel Ayrson was a positive surprise does that give you the confidence that some of these guys who have a high upside you guys can pull it out of you know, we, we've had, we're start, it's, it feels like we're starting to have a lot of success with that. Um, our guys are kind of coming along uh, really nicely, so we want to keep it a strength of, of the organization. Um, I think it's important, it's, it's a, such an important position on, on teams, and um, you know, having a, a good, strong, stable, hopefully we can develop them, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that. If we have too many, it's a good problem, and we'll deal with it. Um, as part of uh, as part of the rebuild, um, you know these guys are going to have a chance to play. We're going to give them the, the time to develop and the chance to to play and see what they can do. I, I don't mean you know with the Flyers immediately; they'll have to prove themselves to get there. But um, we'll give them time. It's it's not a rush. It's not like we need those guys to be ready immediately next year to play. Um, they'll have the time to develop, get stronger, uh, both physically and mentally, and and hopefully it turns out. You've mentioned that you guys uh, you guys trying to get the best player available, but was it a priority going into this, not just this draft, but this month, to replenish the right-handed defenseman pipeline? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, the good thing is we had so many picks, right? So we, we had got the chance to replenish the right side on defense. Um, we got the chance to, to replenish or bolster even more of the goaltending, um, and then also the offensively with, you know, skill forward. So, um, you know, it's only time will tell. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we're, we're excited with some of the guys that we were able to get today. Um, you know, Chernick and uh, Barkey and Cole Knubel. Um, hopefully, you know, those guys have the chance to play one day. But again, we're going to be very patient with them. We're going to give them the chance to, uh, to grow and hopefully it turns out. Do you see any of those guys as centers? The, uh, the forwards, obviously, Mitch Kopp's a wing, but... Some of those guys, you know, they've been played center, but maybe they won't. It seems. Can you project any of them as center? Yeah, it seems like all all of these guys have played both center and the wing, which is, which is great. Uh, it's a big plus that they can play uh, everywhere. We have Cutter Goatsey's kind of that that way too. So it gives us a lot of option. I mean, we we did it last year with uh, Noah Cates as well. So uh, and, and I forgot Macpherson too that we drafted. Is another guy in that in that situation. So there's there's um, there's a lot of different ways we can go around it depending, you know, their strength and, and where they feel mostly most comfortable. Did Oliver give you did Oliver Bonk give you input on Denver? When 
Because he, he didn't get, he said that uh, Texans, and I think the Flyers, they picked it. Well, we, we, we asked him a lot of questions, even at mm -hmm. the, um, you know, and that's what you do with, with players. You ask them about their teammates um, at the Combine to in Buffalo. So uh, uh, he's not the only one. We've talked to a lot of people that uh, were really high on, on the character uh, of Denver. Andy, when we talked to you about women, uh, yeah. how active you think you guys will be and where you guys go. I don't expect us to be super active. Um, we want to give the chance. We, we don't want to block our young guys. We want to give them the chance to, to play. Um, I, you know, and, and we're not looking for long-term contracts either at this point. Um, you know, so it's, don't, don't expect too much uh, in a couple of days on that. When we talked to you last about Hayes, you mentioned that um, you still saw that he had a lot of uh, values in the organization. You thought he was someone that was hard to... Uh, find something comparable Who's that? to Kevin Hayes. Oh, Kevin, yeah. Um, since we haven't talked to you since yeah. then, I guess what ultimately led to the decision that sixth round and half of salary was um, what was equal to that value you were speaking of? Yeah, obviously it's it's not a, a, a deal that we love that we loved making. Um, you know, and Kevin's a, is a great guy, really loved by uh, by his teammates. You know, the way things went last year wasn't ideal, and um, what was important for for me was not having a contract taking a contract back uh, that that opens uh, some possibilities there and um, you know shedding half of his salary which depending how you look at it is not ideal but it, it might be a way that we can um, you know, weaponize it to, to add some assets down the road so uh, like I said it's not something we like doing but um, felt it was needed at the time Yeah, the center position is extremely important for any team. I think everybody will agree on that. Um, you know, and Kevin's uh, last year he was moved to the wing, so um, you know I, I still think he's a center. But um, you know, for us, he, he didn't have that chance with the way our young guys were were getting better and better, and the fact that Sean Couturier is coming is coming back as well. So um, it was going to be tougher and tougher for him to to, to play in that position. So um, no, yeah, we're. we're like to build from the, the the middle. We have a lot of good young players that can play that position. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens in the next few years. All right, there's the head uh, GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, his first draft, making the decisions, being the key decision maker. So let's go right now to the man who runs the draft for the Flyers. He's been doing it a, a bunch of years with the organization. Here is Flyers assistant GM Brent Flair. To get him. And then when Zavragin was there, uh, we picked it. We just thought it was, we had him rated way high, so it's just a no-brainer to take him at that point. Kenny is very high on him, and uh, yeah, it's just value at that point. So. Such a deep draft. Was uh, there a focus on certain skill sets and identifying those? I think early on, um, obviously early on you can tell what we were doing, um, but I think uh, the defensemen in the draft, uh, well, the, in the first round there's some quality options. It, it was dropped off quickly, and uh, we were really happy to get bonked there. A lot of upside, very smart player, and, and a right shot to boot, which is nice. Um, and then after the goaltenders, we uh, just had a couple guys targeted there. And Barky's a uh, he's a really exciting player. He's undersized, obviously, but he has all the traits to make it for a small player with his skill and high compete and the motor. And uh, but really exciting player comes. He's in a great environment there in London with the Hunters and uh, who they just rave about. So 
Um, yeah, our guys are excited for him. And Cole Knubel is a guy that is USHL Player of the Year. Uh, he was on our list last year late, and uh, skating was the issue. And he, he worked his ass off all summer and put weight on, got stronger, and it's become a good skater. So uh, it's one of those lessons. You, sometimes you got to take a chance on these guys if they're just lacking some strength for, uh, in their skating. But he's a, he's a great kid. Uh, he's really fired up to be a flyer, and uh, we'll see where it goes. What can you tell us about uh, McPherson? He's uh, kind of in like a, a lower tier. Yeah, so. yeah. No, uh, he's a guy, he actually has a twin brother. Uh, we just invited to develop the camp. I, the draft was still going, so I don't know if his brother got drafted too, but uh, he, may, he may see his brother as well. Um, but they're, yeah, Rick Gracie lives right there. Uh, Dennis Patterson spent time. He's, uh, he's obviously got a little bit longer path going to Penticton next year uh, and then to college. So, uh, really good motor. He's kind of a, Tracy compares him a little bit to, to Noah Cates as far as the, the compete and the way he plays a two-way game. And um, So, at that point, the drop's a no-brainer. And those are the kind of guys I typically like to target later just for longer path and, you know, you have the time to develop. When Keith Jones was hired, a lot was made about his connections through uh, the NHL. How much did that play? Um, when you guys are at the draft table, especially when it came to like all the London picks. It's usually lots of jokes, you know, <laughs> walking by. But no, uh, no, he's obviously connected to most teams, and, uh, whether it's coaches, management, um, the Hunter brothers. But he, he actually really helped us uh, as far as gathering information with certain people. Uh, the Hunters, obviously, we have a pretty good relationship regardless, but he's very close to them. Um, so, yeah, I feel a little more trustworthy with the information you're getting sometimes. but. Uh, but no, he's, he's been helpful and he's having a lot of fun doing it. When you involved. first came to Philadelphia, you were in already with defensemen here, was with a different mold. Now yeah. you guys are kind of reshaping that. Is this kind of the mold you guys are looking for, bigger guys that are puck movers? Uh, in some case, we have obviously some of the guys we already have in place with York and, and Andre, and, and it's, it's hard to keep drafting too many small defensemen. Obviously, if they're dynamic and at a certain level, we'll go there. Uh, we're trying to get a little bit bigger on the back end. Um, but at the same time, it's, it just depends where the draft falls. This year was, uh, as you saw, the top defenseman went early, and it kind of fell out pretty quick. Um, going back to last night, obviously yeah. you guys took the, the big swing yeah. on Mitch Koff, then you take Bonk with the second pick. Um, Bonk, I think in general, is seen as a guy who's almost certainly going to make it in the NHL, mm -hmm. maybe doesn't have a super high ceiling. Was that, did that play into it, the fact that, you know, took the big swing on Mishkov, so maybe go for the guy who's more of a short thing? He's Bonk. actually, uh, he's a guy, I said early on in the season, I would have said that, but he, he actually had, he really got better and better all year long. Uh, you know, from watching him in the summer with Hockey Canada, where he finished off in London, he's taken huge strides. Uh, really smart player. Like, he really scans the ice, really sees it. You'll see him next week. Uh, you know, he's not a big body yet. He's 6'2 plus, but he's got a lot of room to fill out and get stronger, which is exciting for his mobility. But he's a really smart defender. But as far as, far as his transition game breakouts, and, and he started taking more chances offensively, which is exciting. So in London, he's going to play a ton there, and we see him as a top four defenseman. Some of the philosophical changes of the organization, obviously having a new front office, is how did that change um, maybe the conversations or attitude at the draft table this year? Uh, draft table, to be honest, I think I said this before, uh, you know, Danny and I had worked together, we were out there watching a lot of the same games and stuff like that, so I, as far as philosophy this year, really uh, hasn't changed. Um, I think. You know, we're looking for, especially at the top end of the draft, we're looking for dynamic talent. And I think we took a big swing there. And a kid that obviously is a world-class talent, and the guy fans should be really excited about. And after that, you know, 
I think Bonk was the guy that we, our scouts had high. Uh, there's obviously other players that were coming underneath and we're nervous about getting. We, we, we landed there, which is great. Um, and as the draft went on, you know, we, we had some guys targeted that were uh, you know, maybe a little bit smaller, but we felt had some upside. And then as the draft, all Southerns and other guys, a big body and a guy that's, you know, had another guy that kind of got better, better. And he's got some rawness to him, but he's big and long and rangy and can defend. And he started to add some dimensions to his game in the second half. So Portland, they have a good program offensively. And, um, so yeah, so he's an int interesting guy and obviously has a little longer path to get there, but where we got him, we're, we're excited. Does that acknowledgement that you guys are in a rebuild now and it might take some time make you more willing to take it to some of those guys who might take longer? Uh, well, for sure. Well, in some cases, yeah. No, I, I, I think the swing sometimes, obviously, we're, we're looking for offensive talent, and especially in the high end. We're talking forwards. Uh, defensemen, you're still, you know, some of these guys, the big bodies, they take a long time to develop. And goaltenders, again, like Danny has said it, um, Goaltenders take a long time to develop, and uh, for us, Bjarnason's, you know, he was a top-rated guy in Canada, so he'll be involved with the Hockey Canada program, the World Juniors, and that, which is great. Um, Zabraga will be the national team goalie probably in Russia, and uh, they do a very good job of developing goalies in Russia, and, and just because of the rules, they have this race forever, which is which is great. So they've done a good job developing the goalies. With the later draft selections, would you say that the staff uh, prioritizes the ice ceiling more, or are they more focused uh, potentially on going for players that might have a clear path to the uh, NHL? Uh, I think, well, in some cases, I think um, there's some swings. And, and as a, our, our draft board by the end didn't know pretty quickly. Um, so we went for some guys that just had a feel for something uh, in their areas. And, and that's typically what you do at the very end of the draft. Um, so, yeah. Danny mentioned yesterday when you guys when you guys were meeting with Beach Club, everything seemed genuine and he really, really wanted to, you know, come to here. What really stood out for you guys that really reassured you that, you know, it was worth the risk it Well, just honestly, it's we met with him. We brought him into, uh, I don't know if he told you or not, but we brought him into Voorhees uh, with his family, uh, his younger brother, his mother, his agents, and his one of his close friends from Russia. So uh, it's kind of a really good environment just to see him socially and, and uh, but see him come in the rink and he smiled and, He's excited to see the gym and there's guys working out and um, you know the facility and he wanted to go shoot bucks. He's playing air hockey downstairs. And, uh, but no, he you know he's generally excited to be there. Uh, you can tell his family we're excited. And, you know he did his background on the history of the Flyers. And, uh, so yeah, it was it was kind of a cool meeting and it's one of those things because for me personally, I've seen this kid play for a few years and then this year just on video, but. Dynamic player. He, I didn't know what I was going to get. You hear some of the rumors, and uh, but when we left that. When he left, we spent uh, a couple hours, had lunch, and uh, when he left that day, uh, everybody, Jones and Danny and I, just felt a real comfort level. Of the type of kid he is, and how driven he is. I think you can probably, probably sense that. Sense that when you're talking to him, like he wants to play, he wants to be the best. And, uh, but at the same time, he's, he's a good kid. And, uh, like like I said, he smiles, he jokes around, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a good player. Chris, you talked about wanting to bring in a high-end talent, like you talked about earlier yeah. in the draft. Because how rare or unusual is it to, for someone of his caliber to be available even at number seven? It doesn't happen very often. Brendan, does he remind you as to like wanting to want to be a player? Um, I don't know. He did the history. I think being on the East Coast is a big part of it. And I think the way uh, that day went for him was excited. I think he probably a little nervous coming to North America and being interviewed and kind of everything went smooth. Jonesy's joking around and Danny and 
think he knew, obviously knew Danny, who he was as a player, and saw the facility. So I think he naturally felt a real good comfort level right away, and you know had a good lunch. His little brother is a good kid. He's a soccer player, not a hockey player. And, um, but yeah, I, I think there was a comfort level everywhere, and it just worked out that way. So. All right, there he is, Brent Flair, discussing this draft with the media. And uh, we get some download on these players from the men who were charged with making the decisions on who to select. Is it a step forward for the organization? Yes, it is. It is certainly a change in philosophy. And I think the biggest thing that sticks out for me and for a lot of people is that they took Meechkoff, which shows the commitment to a rebuild because he's not immediate help. He's not going to be here this year. I'd love to see him this year in a Flyer jersey, like I'm sure a lot of you would. He's not going to be here this year. The rebuild is still a rebuild, even though you've gotten a piece of high-end talent, game-breaker. Maffei Michkov has the potential to be a superstar. I don't throw the generational turnaround a whole heck of a lot. I don't. I think that Connor Bedard is a generational player. We'll see what Michkov turns out to be. I think he's got superstar written all over him. A lot of work has to be done between now when I say that to that to come to fruition. We shall see. But that's the type of skill set this player has. All right, everybody, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to Bill Meltzer on Monday. Development camp next week, so great stuff to come. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week on brand new Flyers Dailies. Come to decide that the things that I tried were in my life just to get high on. When I sit alone, come get a little known, but I need more than myself this time. Step from the road to the sea to the sky, and I do believe.